Welcome to Why Does It Matter? Season 2. Well done if you uh, persevered through Season 1 and you've come back for a little bit more. My name's Lee Jennings and I'm joined by Aaron Waters. And Why Does It Matter? is a podcast that asks why certain things of the Christian faith matter. And in Season 1 we covered a whole range of different topics. But Season 2 we're going to home in and focus just on one of those issues and that is evangelism. We're going to take these next few podcasts to ask the question, why does evangelism matter? You're right, though, there's this certain, uh, I guess, stigma on us as Christians that we are foolish <laughs> we have no intellect at all because we believe these certain things and if a question comes up sometimes it can be hard for us to answer mm. because we've never heard it before Okay, so we come uh, to the the passage, obviously, in the end of Matthew, where Jesus gives us that great commission, where we're told to go to all nations, tell all people, baptize all people um, in the name of Jesus Christ. This is our great commission to do this, to make uh, disciples. Um, And it's not easy. Uh, We seem to always make these excuses um, that we can't do it in certain ways. Um, We we make up... um, excuses to to not do it and i think it would be good for us to to go through them today for us to to unravel them and and why they become excuses in our lives and how maybe um it helps us to to not think in that way i think one of the reasons is we have somehow managed to kind of put evangelism down as something which is to be done by the professionals it's not something that everyone does but it's done by the professionals one of the problems is the preconception with the word evangelist and we seem to get very caught up with this word about what it means to be an evangelist Mm. and it's something that some people aspire to and some people are gifted as an evangelist and it's really rooted in who their identity is and then for those of us you know me I'm, I'm not a gifted evangelist in fact I'm not very good at evangelism at all but for me you can look up to other people then and you can think well they're great at it I'm going to leave it to them but when we look at the new testament we actually don't see that word evangelist used very often in the New Testament. Right. In fact, the, the word evangelism or evangelist is only used three times in the New Testament. So it's used in, in a book of Acts to describe Philip, the evangelist. Paul uses it in Ephesians 4 to talk about the, the five gifts that Jesus gives for the building up of the church. One of those is the gift of the evangelist. Yeah. And then Paul encourages Timothy, a young leader in the church, to do the work of an evangelist. But aside from those three times, we don't see the word evangelist used in the New Testament. Yet somehow we've relegated evangelism to the professionals. Mm. Yet what we see much more commonly through the New Testament, particularly in the book of Acts, is that Christians were described as witnesses, as witnesses. And to be a witness is to speak of what you have seen and of what you have heard. And so very much in the New Testament, although evangelist is only used three times, the word witness is used many, many times to discuss and talk about what Christians are to do. That's interesting. That actually go, reminds me a bit of the, going back into the Ten Commandments, the Ninth Commandment, uh, thou shall not lie. Um, in reality, it's thou shall not give a false witness. Mm-hmm. Um, so thou shall not uh, tell 
false things in one sense we we've converted it to do not lie and in one sense that is what we're to do is is to be true witnesses to tell what is true proclaim uh, truth i really like that and I, I guess going back to that evangelistic word um evangelist uh, we talked about this um back in the first season and and looking at church as well and, and how we have these gifts not to only those people can do these things but they're for us to, for them to equip others to do yeah that's right and so we need the evangelists in yeah. the life of the church and part of the, the gift of the evangelist is to equip the whole body of the church to, yeah. to, to do that work of of witnessing and hopefully that should get us away when we begin to grasp that from this notion that evangelism is seen as an added extra it's an add-on to the christian life that I go to church, I read scripture, I pray, I do my daily quiet time, I go to work, I do all those things. And evangelism is one of those like bolt-on extras. It's like the extra app that you might want to download to your Christian faith if you so wish to do so. But if not, you can download the prayer app or whatever it may be instead. Actually, no, it's very much caught up in who we are as Christians. We are called to be witnesses. Yeah. And you're right, it always does feel like an extra. Because if we're going to think in that mindset of, of... being gifted in that certain way it's only we get into this uh, bad mindset of looking at it as something that's extra um plus uh, of your christian life that that you don't do at the same time and i guess that's what we we did cover a bit last time didn't we we looked at how how it should be part of our life and and who we are and and the way we live and and, and the way we speak the way we think it uh, produces a, a way in which um, fruit that, that is there that we can be uh, a witness. Yeah, let's have a look at some of the preconceptions then. Yeah. Maybe one of the reasons that we, we we shy away from evangelism is we've we've kind of put it in the box of the platform. So we've assumed it's the tent mission, it's the football ground that's filled with people and a preacher at the front. Yeah. Um, we've assumed that it's for even for things like you know guest services in the life of the church. We've we've made our model of evangelism an invitational model we've made everything about come with me to do this course to hear this preacher to this particular kind of of service and the problem that covid's brought is that when all these things have been Mm. shut down or simply cultures change people don't go to hear a preacher preach in a tent anymore it was great in the age and the day when that was happening but that's just not relevant in the day and age that we're in today but we haven't got away from that mindset of come and see you know, we still do kind of the guest service idea. We still have, you know, the evangelist that we book to come and do an event instead of thinking about witnessing being something that's done in a in a daily way in our personal lives personal with others. Way. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we're um, very numbers orientated. So the more we see somewhere, uh, the more we think that's God's work isn't it it's a funny um comparison we see that if there's more people there that means god's working in it but it's not necessarily true there could be thousands of people there but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what where god is working he could be just working in one person and uh, we're thinking about um big events we we can always think of it as the likes of billy graham mm. and i remember he said a quote once he, he said that um although these things have worked for for me and, and how they're working in this time the big crusades and um, there's nothing more valuable than one-to-one evangelism and I, and I thought that was powerful coming from from a guy who who prospered on this kind of stuff mm. and and who who was had an amazing ministry doing that stuff he said there's nothing more valuable nothing more precious than personal one-to-one 
Yeah, completely agree. And actually, if we think about the New Testament and that, we, you know, we can get very caught up on um, Acts chapter 2. Peter preaches and 3,000 people are added to the church's number that day. If you were to kind of do the maths there, <laughs> how many followers of Jesus there were, up to 3,000, that's, that's pretty good in terms of percentage increase there. Yeah. But then Philip, who we see in the New Testament described as an evangelist, one of the accounts we see of him is simply with one man in a chariot yeah. on the side of a road. And so actually both uh, are important. We get too caught up on the numbers thing. So I think maybe that's one of the, the issues we have is that we you know, we get caught up on the platform mentality of evangelism. We see it as somebody else's job. We book the speaker, we take someone to an event, we invite somebody yeah. because it's easier for us to say, hey, come with me. And if you say no, I can get over that. Then if I share my faith with you and you say no, that's harder for me to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we like to, to relieve the pressure onto someone else. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to the, the second preconception. I think maybe we've seen evangelism done in, in a bad way. You know, we've, we've been walking through the city centre when we've, we've heard the street preacher kind of shouting from kind of a megaphone or the kind of stood on a platform in some way or a soapbox. And we've heard them shouting something and we've said to the person we're with, what did they just say? And we realised that we've both heard two different bits of a sentence. And when you put them together, they make absolutely no sense at all or they're kind of preaching you know sinners you're kind of uh, you're you're kind of get kind of destruction is coming your way and they're not preaching a message of love and it's putting people off rather than drawing people to them or i think about door knocking you know jehovah's witnesses and others have spent so many time doing door knocking that if we were to do that now the door would get closed in your face quite literally hmm. and so those kind of things just that's evangelism done badly and so when we hear the word evangelism we think of you know, the frustration and the irritation of, you know, people knocking on your door and kind of disturbing you. Or you think of the street preacher kind of stood shouting in the street and most people are just walking away and you're thinking, what difference is that actually making? And we think if that's what an evangelist is, then I don't really want to be part yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we lose the appeal of, of <laughs> what evangelism can be if, if we just sit, view it as that. Mm. Especially when a, a lot of street preachers is, as you said, out of context. Totally. And you walk by and they say, it just sounds hellfire preaching. And they could be the most loving person in the world, but because it's completely out of context, it does not help them at all. And and I think you're right. if, if you're going to do stuff like that, we need it in context. So, and, and God bless them, their heart's probably in the right place. Yeah, yeah, but, course, it, but yeah. is it the right method? And I think that's the question we have to ask for, for today, is how do we take the good news of Jesus relevantly to those who we do life with? And we have to think about that. So maybe another preconception. A great book that I read um, in the last couple of weeks is called Living His Story by Hannah Steele, who right. um, heads up uh, kind of St. Malitus College down in London. Um and she talks about the issue with evangelism. One of the things that puts us off evangelism is, is it comes down to a moral issue that either we've seen it done badly, where we've seen people treated as targets. You know, people are, you know, I'm going to make friends with this person. I'm going to hang out with this person. and Everybody's a target. You know, everyone that I spend time with, they're a target. And, and my sole aim of being their friend or hanging out with them or joining that club is because I want to be able to evangelize to them. And it's something that is done to people. And actually the moral thing, that's not right. We're called to love people and accept people. Yes, we're called to bear witness to the Christian faith, but it's not to make people targets. And when they're not interested, then we just clear off to the next target. If they're not ready to harvest, we move on. It's not It's not good. It's not morally good. The other thing that Hannah still talks about is we live in a plural world. 
We live in a, a world where there's many different religions, many different faiths. We are one of many different religions in this nation now. We no longer live in Christendom. And so we're afraid to speak out and say, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him because we're afraid of other people saying, well, hang on, in our day and age, you can't say that anymore. And actually, of course we can, but we're afraid that people may react badly to it. And the third thing she talks about in that book is, is that we don't want to seem bigoted. So when we begin to say certain things of the Christian faith, it can be easy for people to say, you, you know, you're a bigot because you have this particular view on things. And I think particularly if we're people who um, are evangelical people, you know, particularly over in America, there's a particular view of what it means to be evangelical. There's preconceptions about what that means. Yeah. When the reality is evangelist, evangelical, evangel from the Greek, it simply means good news. We're yeah. good news people. Mm. You're right, though. There's this certain, uh, I guess, stigma on us as Christians that we are foolish. <laughs> we have no intellect at all because we believe these certain things. And if a question comes up, sometimes it can be hard for us to answer mm. because we've never heard it before. Um, I remember I was down in Oxford last year. I was speaking to some of the students in Oxford Uni and, and some of the questions they could bring up. I know nothing about science and they could be talking all about science and, and, and to, to find answers for these things, which I have no clue about. They're using words that I've never even heard of. Um, but to actually simply say sometimes... I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, let's press into that because I think that I think this is another thing that is a reason that puts people off evangelism and witnessing and sharing our faith mm. is we're afraid of the comeback of others. Yeah, because people can come back with, "How about this scientific argument? How about yeah?" And, and, and we're afraid of if someone throws something back, if someone says to us, "Well, what about suffering? Mm. Why are there certain things that happen in the world?" We don't know how to answer. Mm. And I think we, we can go to either end. One is we, we think we don't know how to answer, so we completely shy away from it. Yeah. The other is we give such a definite answer that we lose the respect of those listening yeah. because they're not at the point where, where we're at. And sometimes yeah. there is real wisdom, as you say, in saying, Do you know, I don't know, but the nature of faith and belief and trust is there are some things we don't know and we don't understand. Mm. I also think there's wisdom sometimes in saying, Do you know, I don't know the answer to that question, but... How about we go for coffee in a, in a couple of weeks? I'm going to go and, and do some it. research and let's yeah, talk about it again yeah. at another point. Yeah, it's good. So helpful just to be honest with them. I, I think we spoke about it last uh, season. We, we talked about how uh, personal story um, our, our own personal story. They lo people love biographies. Love people yep. reading about um, people's own stories and and testimony is such a big thing. And and sharing about your own faith and, and being honest with them how you came to that conclusion, how you um, have faith in in that certain these certain things that you're able to trust. It really does help people to understand because we we think uh, because they're asking intellectual. Uh, questions they want intellectual questions but in reality the heart of the, the, their true heart is they're finding it hard to, to come to this reality of just trust and faith so i think it's being honest with them and open with them how how you felt in these situations as well um actually really helps them and it's it's hard to argue with someone's personal experience as well yeah. i mean we often talk don't we about you know you can't see the wind but you can see and you can feel the effects of of the wind mm. and in the same way someone might be able to argue and say well i can't see that but you can see if i can i can feel that this has been my experience yeah but but isn't here also one of the other things that puts people off evangelism sometimes which is 
my testimony is not as good, as exciting as <laughs> the person I've heard on a platform. And therefore I don't share it because my, my faith journey might have been something like I was brought up in a Christian household and then I explored it for myself and decided to accept Jesus into my life. And and that's not as exciting as the, the gun-wielding drug dealer who saw a flash of light and followed Jesus and everything changed. Mm. And so we don't tell that story. But I see the reality is every story that has accepted Jesus is a change of story. Yeah, it, We were once on a path that led to death and we are now on a path that leads to life. We we have changed our story from our own story to his story. And actually there's power in that. But I think one of the other things we can do is our testimony doesn't just have to be, I was like this, I became a Christian and now life is great. But actually our testimony can sometimes be what's going on right now. So here's the here and now of what's going on and here's how my belief in Jesus is making a difference to me right now and in the midst of a pandemic actually that's a really powerful testimony mm, yes yeah <laughs> that that actually goes on to mod, modern gospel teaching as well because we have this uh, idea and um that how the modern gospels have been put out is that we are to tell people that um christianity gives you lasting happiness lasting fulfillment lasting peace constantly all the time like you'll be happy you'll be joyful all the time but in reality we're promised persecution trials temptations all these <laughs> things and it's it's not what the gospel actually says in the bible no. and and i think it's presenting it the right way and being honest about our, our, our lives as you said and and having that fear uh, can be difficult to overcome and maybe that's because we live in a very individualistic world right now everything is about kind of me myself and i mm. it's get your own happiness it's get to the top of the job ladder, it's earn the most money, it's have the nice holidays, it's have the nice family, whatever it may be. Yeah. Everything is about kind of that individual thing. One of the things that's fascinating about the New Testament is they lived in community much more, didn't they? It was much more society than in the New Testament was your house was open to great hospitality, you cared for the stranger, you, get, you know, all this kind of stuff. People's lives were in one another's pockets. And what we often saw in the New Testament was when people decided to follow Jesus, it wasn't just great, now I'm saved and I'm in the kingdom. It was a household thing. It was a, now I've made this decision, um, I'm going to leave my household in this way as well. And so I think our individualistic society, A, makes us fearful. I don't want people to not like me. I don't want people to think I'm bigoted. I don't want people to kind of associate me with kind of something that's particularly radical in a negative sense. I don't want to be rejected. All these kind of things. And in the same way, we then feel maybe we have to present the gospel in such a way that makes people feel they're getting an individual benefit out of it instead of actually you're becoming part of something bigger and something greater. You're becoming part of a family. You're becoming part of a community. You're being part of a body. In this world which is so isolated and individual and individualistic, actually people cry out for being part of something. It's why people go to the pub. It's why people join sports clubs. It's why people love standing on the football terraces and singing at the top of their voices because it's finding an identity and being part of a community that has something in common. And actually at the heart of the gospel is we become part of a community, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Church of Jesus Christ. It's all about community. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. And I I love to to always think about um, Paul, he said in Corinthians, uh, I came trembling at the fear, the, the thought of sharing the gospel with you. This is Paul, like that. We're just talking about the, the about um, our testimonies, how we mm. fear that we're not having a dramatic one. Paul had one of the most it's dramatic ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if we think, <laughs> if we want to compare ourselves, our, our testimony, we always go back to Paul's. Yeah. And, and this is a guy who's who comes 
absolute fear in his own life of, of, of wanting to share the gospel um, with the people in Corinth. And, and I find great comfort in that. But at the same time, I, I also am reminded that it's a good thing to fear because this is something powerful. This is something true. This is something serious. Mm. Life or death, in fact, eternal life or death matter situation this, you know. This is something we probably should fear, but in a healthy way. You know, something that we is 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 we get a boldness from and we're always reminded in our weakness we are made strong in Christ Jesus. So within our fear that we are able to be bold in Christ, which I think is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. The reality is we are told to go and make disciples of all nations. Being a witness is very much caught up in what it means to be a Christian. It's synonymous. That word witness is used to talk about the followers of the way through the book of Acts. But we've seen somehow seen to make evangelism a big thing for the few, for the professionals. But we've seen it done badly. And there's many reasons that we can find to not do evangelism. But actually what we need to do is learn what it means to be uh, a witness. And so uh, choi- uh, join us again uh, for our next episode. We're going to look a little bit about understanding how people come to faith and therefore how we can be better at sharing our story in that context. But let's take a moment to pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for all you did, your death on the cross and your resurrection that has paid the way for us for eternity. We thank you that this really is good news and you call us to be a good news people. Lord, forgive us the times when we've shied away or when we've had reasons and excuses to to not want to share our faith, but help us to be a people that overflow with your good news in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen.